Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves with Captain Eric Etz, Commanding Officer of the NOC Training Systems Division. And we're talking about live virtual constructive training and how it's enabling our fleet to be more mission ready. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Okay, so let's start with that big question. Why is LVC training becoming an increasingly critical component of mission readiness today? So the creation of live virtual constructive environments is important because we want to be able to create these LVC scenarios to enable the fleet to train to that high-end fight. We want to create environments where we can replicate threat densities that we don't find out on our ranges, where we can put up numbers of aircraft, ships, or other platforms that we just aren't, don't have ready accessibility to in our normal training events. So live virtual constructive will be able to merge our simulator environments with live assets that are potentially on a range, aircraft, ships, and bring in constructive assets as well, which are computer-generated forces, which might be either friendly or threat, and then create those environments and those scenarios where our teams of people can train to that realistic environment in a repeatable basis. So when it comes to live virtual constructive, why is the Navy focused on finding cross-domain, cross-platform solutions? Okay, we need to find cross-domain and cross-platform solutions for LVC environments because frankly, that's how we fight. We don't fight as individual aircraft or individual ships that are executing national tasking. We fight as carrier air wings, we fight as carrier strike groups, and we fight as joint and coalition forces as well. So the creation of these LVC environments that have cross-domain and cross-platform solutions allows us to merge the capabilities of individual aircraft, ships, and the people who operate them such they can really affect uh, integrated warfighting capability, and, and is, which is what we would really bring to bear out in the real world. So talking about that, that effect, how are today's training methods and technologies different from those in the past? So in the past, simulated environments were typically used to train for platform-specific skills. You know, for example, I'm an F-18 aviator by trade. So when I learned to fly the F-18, I learned how to employ that F-18 as a weapon system, either as one, two, or maybe even four aircraft. But the reality is when we operate in the real world, we need to be able to cut across platform lines and bring all the capabilities of each of the platforms to bear in a coordinated sense. And we can do that in LVC environments when we allow the platform simulators and platform aircraft ships to bridge the data and send data across our networks to create that calm flow that would occur in the real world so we can train like we fight. So speaking of those platforms, what aircraft or air crew or are currently leveraging distributed simulation training? So in a sense, all of our platforms are doing a little bit of this. For example, we've always been doing fleet synthetic training exercises now for a number of decades. where We bring in different platforms, different aircraft, different ships, merge them in an environment and create an exercise scenario where we can employ various tactics, techniques, and procedures. However, some platforms are doing it more than others. For example, our H-60 platforms I've done a fantastic job of coordinating events across geographic locations in their simulator environments, utilizing the Navy Continuous Training Environment as a method of data transfer, and utilizing the Naval Aviation Distributed Training Center Pacific to create these large force exercises and do it on a uh, weekly and sometimes even daily basis to practice these large numbers of, uh, of aircraft type exercises and really gain from that knowledge to, to hone their skills. 
We're going to do the same thing uh, with the F-18s, merging them with the uh, E-2 Hawkeye to create that kind of coordinated strike environment so we can train our crews uh, across platforms and across geographic locations so that they can hone their skills in simulated environments before they go out and fight in the real world. So digging a bit deeper in that Navy continuous training environment that you just mentioned, how does it support distributed training? So when we talk distributed training, we're talking about gathering platforms that are not at the same site uh, together in a virtual environment with people, you know, crews, teams of crews uh, working those platforms. And we need a way to pass the data, if you will, to pass entities across uh, uh, from platform to platform. So we do that via our training network, which in this case is the Navy Continuous Training Environment. The Air Force has a similar network, Distributed Mission Operation Network, and the Marine Corps and Army have networks as well. And we're able to bridge those gaps as well between the service networks. But that is the primary method the Navy exchanges data between platform simulators uh, to create these uh, virtual environments where it's not just the data of what is that platform doing, what is that F-18 sim doing, but how is it flying in relation to the Aegis cruiser that it's working with. And they, they all essentially merge when uh, you create this virtual environment that's a specific geographic space in a computer-generated environment, and they operate in there doing training. So how does LVC for training fit into Navier's broader digital transformation and shift into that capabilities-based acquisition? So the threat of digital uh, transformation and capabilities-based acquisition have uh, a, a large role in a future LVC environment due to the fact that we in NAVAIR recognize that as we track the progression of a platform and groups of platforms from development through testing and into fielding, we are typically using similar models and other data along the way. And with that digital thread being a coherent thread, we can pass essentially investments from one phase to another. So the for example I'll give you here is that when we talk about LVC environments and training, LVC for training, you know, we need to create, for example, a virtual world uh, that has threat emitters populated, enemy aircraft environments, and we need to have the, the platform uh, aerodynamic models, the platform sensor models. So all of that, if we do it right, we can pull from test, which was all used in development, to guide the progress of the platform from one phase to another. So the idea here is that there's a digital thread that runs all the way through development to testing to training, and we want to capitalize on the use and reuse of assets that are developed along the way so we're not duplicating effort at each phase of interaction with that platform and then as it gets fielded to the fleet for training. So that's kind of the, the crux of capabilities-based acquisition uh, into the digital thread. And we also don't want to just look at platform capabilities but capabilities that merge the strengths and potentially some weaknesses of platforms, but all to make a coherent warfighting force. How will LVC training leverage the digital models developed during the INI and model-based systems engineering phases of acquisition? So, for example, testing a tactical aircraft, you need to have a fully robust uh, threat environment. You need to have fully capable sensor models that tell you what that aircraft can sense in terms of the electromagnetic spectrum, the IR spectrum. Well, all those same thing, kind of things are used when we get to training. In the past, we would have developed a specific set of models for tests that were very high fidelity. And then we might have actually developed another set of models that so were not quite as high fidelity, but were a little bit cheaper uh, to use in a training environment. Well, the reality is 
now we have such great capabilities in the digital environment. If we're going to pay for it for the test environment where it needs to be very high fidelity, very coherent, we can probably do some things to it to reuse that model or that group of models in a training environment without duplicating efforts. So that's where we want to go with that, is take that thread all the way through, but capitalize on all the other phases that have gone before, and then deliver a finished product to the fleet that makes sense, gives them great capability, and is cost efficient as well. So what are some of the major benefits to, say, training in that, in that digital model or LVC environment? The LVC environment offers the opportunity to really train uh, to a high-end threat that we won't be able to replicate out in the real world. So the reality for us is as our platforms become more capable and the threats that we will potentially encounter become more capable, we need to do some very uh, capable things in our training environments to be prepared to counter those threats. The reality, again, is that we don't have the type of range infrastructure that can replicate the numbers or density of threats that would be out there, either surface-to-air or air-to-air. But we can do that in the digital world very easily and very repeatedly. So we want to do that to, to make sure that we can train to an appropriate environment and we can do it over and over again so that our crews can mission rehearse to that high-end threat so when they get placed in a situation in the real world, they're ready to go. In addition to those crews, I can imagine that the, the training in the digital simulation environment and the LVC environment could also give, um, could benefit, say, the engineers and developers as well. Absolutely. I think our folks, when we talk about how we want to go from test uh, to training, they've seen the investment that they've made to get the product uh, out to the fleet. And we want to make sure that we're seeing that, that investment uh, pay dividends in fleet training. So. I think that uh, NAVAIR has a lot to offer uh, the fleet uh, on a continual basis and this latest thrust on capabilities-based acquisition and pulling that digital thread all the way through are going to turn big dividends for the fleet in terms of seeing capability provided to train to that high-end fight to the maximum capabilities of the platform. So what are some of the near, mid, and say longer-term efforts to advance distributed LVC for training? Okay, to advance uh, distributed training and LVC environments, we have a number of things that we're going to be doing across uh, NAV Airlines over the next few months to tie our platform sims together, to fully test out uh, where there are potentially some gaps in linking our simulators across the NCTE network and making changes to those sims so we can turn that capability over to the fleet and, and allow them to train platform to platform as coherent fighting units. So it's some great work ahead that we're going to do over the next uh, 12 months. We are very excited about it, and uh, the team stands ready to provide capability to the fleet. So what feedback have you been getting from the pilots, and, and have you been able to incorporate that feedback? So we've run a number of demonstration events over the past uh, year. We've gotten some great feedback from the crews that were operating those simulators to affect distributed training. And they've identified some things that we need to fix. That's the first step to the resolution of any problem is to identify the problem itself. So it's been very important for us to execute those events. We have a number of other events planned over the next 12 months where we'll try to link some of our simulators together, our F-18 simulators with our E-2 simulators, our F-18 simulators to Air Force uh, networks, and we'll continue to characterize the scope of what needs to change in the software behind those simulators. So we fully expect to continue down the path of providing that very capable distributed training. And then when that's complete and we're ready to turn that over to the fleet, 
uh, then we're going to focus our attention on bringing in the live component. There are a number of technical solutions that are uh, being executed within Nav Airlines to bring in uh, the live component to those virtual constructive worlds. And uh, we're excited that we're going to be able to provide this capability to the fleet. Sounds like a lot of positives in this effort, but there have to be some challenges. What do you see are your greatest challenges moving forward? And um, how is Navier going to address these challenges in partnership with the other NAE stakeholders? Yeah, as with any great program, there's going to be some challenges along the way. And for us, we're no different as we execute live virtual constructive for training applications. So I bucket those typically into technical issues that have popped up, and we're certainly aware of some software things that need to change on our platform simulators, and we're going to do that. There's some policy issues that potentially could pop up. We have solved some of those. For example, we thought we had a significant hurdle of connecting our Navy network to the Air Force network, and we were able to solve that uh, policy hurdle by providing the right information to the right folks, and we'll continue to do that to meet the needs of things like establishing an authority to operate across the network. And then there's the operational challenges as well because just creating an environment doesn't necessarily mean that it's one you can train in. So we will interact with our fleet counterparts to ensure that they understand the capabilities and limitations of these virtual environments as they're deployed and then create operational scenarios where the crews can train understanding the constraints and opportunities of those environments. Lots of great information today on LVC for training. Thank you for joining us again. Captain Eric Etz, Commanding Officer of the NOC Training Systems Division. You've been listening to Airwaves. Thank you for joining us.